Welcome to another edition of the Puro Pinche Primos. Hola, primo, primas. We are back. We are the Puro Pinche Primos. I'm your primo, Luis Velasquez. That's your primo, Christopher Costello. Chris, I'm glad to see you are back in one piece. Barely. Barely one piece. Heartbroken for sure, Chris. Uh, my primo here. Uh, went to Philadelphia this weekend to see that thrashing the Eagles gave our Titans. How are you, Bob? I'm, I'm still recovering. Okay, okay. Uh, it was a very painful experience. I bet. I do want to thank the city of Philadelphia and its fans. I think it's only because of the fact that we got blown out as, as badly as we did, 35 to 10. Uh, that I wasn't either beaten up. They just felt bad. They just felt bad for you already. Well, I was just a joke at that point. You gave us that guy for yo, bro. Yo, so this is this is the first. I I sent you this video. I didn't take pictures when I got into the stadium. It was very overwhelming how much green was there. Like, you know, I think any place you used to see some like visiting fans, I saw no Titans fans. Yeah. None. Remember, I know I, I was fortunate enough to go to a game in Washington. Right. We, you even texted me and was like, yo, there's tons of Titans. And there were yeah. tons of Titans. There were none inside. None in Philly. None. Right? One guy in the line to get in looked at me right i had a jacket on like a gray jacket over but you could see i had like if you really look closely you could see i had like red in my hoodie like i had a, a oilers hat on and the guy comes up to me kind of aggressively and is uh-huh. like yo why are you hiding that why are you hiding that and he's a titans fan <laughs> and i'm like yo i'm not hiding it's freezing bro and um but i was like yo tighten up right like, dabbed him up and, he, and but i'm kind of like oh that this dude doesn't. I don't know if he's gonna make smart decisions today. <laughs> he's overly, he's no overly lie, confident. No lie. In the fourth quarter of this game, really, I didn't realize it, but I looked down in the section that I'm in. This guy's all the way down, swinging on people. <laughs> oh, Eagles fans fighting this dude in the stands, and this dude's like, get like, you know, he, he's not really getting beat. He's a decently sized like guy, right? Uh-huh. Probably like six feet tall and you know he's, he's you know solid but i'm like yo this dude is out of his mind he's taking on way too much these people don't <laughs> fuck. like they, they want something like this. they're waiting for us right <laughs> waiting for one person to say something wrong yeah and and yo this is where i like really like i feel like this lady epitomized like the spirit and kind of energy of philly they, i remember looking like a, a couple of rows up there's a lady in a red like windbreaker Windbreaker, it's freezing out there. Right. Windbreaker, and she and it says security on it. Like this lady had to have been in her late fifties, early sixties, right? <laughs> but she's like talking it up with everybody. Chill, chill. Yo, this lady was the one that went down there and like stopped the guy from fighting. Like she just like got in his face and was like, "No, no, you gotta go." And I'm watching it. And I'm like, "Yo!" And and to his credit, this Titans fan didn't act like so foolish to like just swing wildly and like, right. possibly hurt lady. But she got up in his face like she was his mom. Right? It was a very <laughs> calm moment and got him out of there. Yo, it was the most cleanest breakup of a fight I've ever seen. And this lady had the guts to go and do it. But I think it's also because she knew, like, yo, if this dude touches me, all these people are going to destroy right. 
We, we, we have look, to you, remember Philadelphia is the one who threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Right. <laughs> they yes. they cheered as Michael Irving is getting stretchered out from a neck injury. I remember that. Damn, that was cold blooded. Right. There's so many different things for Philly. So when you go into that environment, you you gotta know. Like you first off, you're outnumbered. You know. Second off, these fans don't play. You can't be going yeah. in there. You and and you have to go in there knowing that this team was gonna do yeah. could do something to us like that. Yeah, and and to my original point that I was gonna make, I I, I said I didn't take pictures. I got in there. When I get in there, like the game's about to start. Now, Philly's Philly, right? Historically, as like essentially like the first capital of the United States, like it's it's historically ingrained into. U.S. history, bro. They do the national anthem, and they put on the screen that like our two pilots for today, right? I'm thinking they're honoring like somebody from the military that's on the field, right? But like our two pilots for the day, and they put it on the big screen. These two guys, and they're like flying the stealth bomber. All of a sudden, oh. you turn and look, there's a stealth bomber flying over the stadium. Nice. But bro, like I'm thinking like, oh, this shit's gonna zoom by, yo. I thought I was in like some Star Wars shit. Like this <laughs> thing just hovered over us, and yeah, I was like, "This is not good." Yeah. This is not good. I don't like this, right? <laughs> but that's what the day felt like being a Titans fan. There, I was like, "I don't like this." They're just like watching us and messing with us. But that video, that first video I sent you, was probably the only video that I took the whole day. Uh-huh. And of course, what was it? An out route to AJ Brown for his first catch of the uh-huh. game, and I was like, "It's signed." That this is the, the first video I got, and then we know what happened. It was over. We deserved everything that happened to us in that game. Uh, yeah we did he gave it to us and I'm going to pass it to you on this because this is what you were hoping for and this is who created this dilemma for us is former Titans GM John Robinson former Titans GM John Robinson is out of there (laughs) I have been trying yelling at the top real quick I just want to say I love how you went into that like it's a whole new segment like you're like this is the show right now (laughs) I've been waiting I've been waiting. You know me, Primo. I've been trying to yell at the top of my lungs that John Robinson needed to go. He needed to be on the hot seat. I didn't think it was going to happen. I did not think. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought they'd give him another year. See what he did this offseason to make this thing. But shout out to the owner. She went and she went at him. I mean, a lot of things are coming out right now. Amy Adams shrunk. Uh, you know, tell me, tell me, what'd you get? Because I haven't, I haven't been able to follow up on it. I just saw the headlines. Right. right. So apparently, so she, she said the the you know the typical thing like we appreciate everything that he's done. Uh, we're just looking to move forward. Uh, we're you know losing is not an option, and and we needed to uh, we need to take steps to make uh, to win championships. Now, yeah. there are some other reports saying that uh, she was been very upset that she wasn't in the know really about the trade uh, trading of AJ Brown. Ooh. Okay, and we all know that Vrabel was definitely not wanting that trade. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, that draft day video of him having to walk out the room. Right. Right. And then reports are saying like since that draft day, like them two dudes were were really close and really on the same page. I think. 
um, until until that happened. There's a couple other moves that are coming out that uh, Vrabel really didn't want to happen that uh, the GM went ahead and did, John Robinson. Um, and look, like I said, I, I've been preaching this for a couple months now that he needed to go. Um, I think the Titans, a lot of Titans fans are upset and mad about this um, because, I mean, look. I mean, he did great work. He did. He he brought us down from, you know, two win seasons, three win seasons, right? No doubt. He hasn't had a losing season, right? And I think it's uh, we set precedent to fire a GM that, uh, you know, his worst season was 9-7 and seven his first year, right? Yeah. And so shout out to him for bringing us to, to this level, but I just didn't think that he had it in him to take it to the next level that we were trying to do. He's made a lot of mistakes, right? A lot of mistakes. Yes, he did draft Derrick Henry, okay? Yes, he did Derrick Henry, but he also drafted... Yeah. Second round pick, Derrick Henry. Second round pick, I, and that was our... Most will remember that. Right, that was our second pick in the second round. Yeah, yes, right? exactly. Our first pick in the second we round... Marco Murray and, at that time. Yeah, our first pick in that second round was a dude named Kevin Dodd. Anybody know he, what he's done? No, he's not in the league no more. He, he lasted three seasons in the league. He's had a lot, a lot of misses, right? This 2021 draft class that we just had here, Primo, is absolutely horrendous. Horrendous, right? There's not many teams. And you go back, I went back, look at, uh, um, Draft from 2017 on, you know, I was like, I mean, like how much get a shit on John Robinson? Right, and like I said, <laughs> it's funny because you know I said I sent you that thing. I I, I went on the the Titans page the day before they fired him, and I was like, we need, yeah. we need to fire this dude, man. That's like he is horrible. None of these guys, and I've been on all the all the boards, all the Twitter boards, fans, I, everything Titans for the last two months. I've been saying we need to get rid of this dude, right? I, it came up on my feed and I was like, oh, who's dude going to piss off today? <laughs> I went to read it and I was like, damn, this dude's out for his job. <laughs> I, I, like, honestly, I didn't. I mean, look, look, let's see him again. You he, results, hasn't, bro. he hasn't had a losing season, right? He did trade for Ryan Tannehill, which was, you know, all things considered. Yeah. It was a good trade, <laughs> right? Sign, gotcha, re-signing him to that big, huge contract, however... Yeah. Was not a Trap. good move. Right. Yeah. Trap. Although, look, I, I, I do want to say that in that moment, I think part of that was to try to lock in uh, Derrick Henry because he signed those deals at the same time. Both of them four-year deals in the same uh, offseason. And I think that it was more to, like, give – I don't know if it was, but to give Derrick Henry stability that you're going to have, like, the same quarterback with you. And I'm guessing if they – they must have had a decent relationship – for them to think that like those two guys are going to coexist for the next four years. Yeah, not, I mean, look, I, he came in. He came in to the organization from New England, right? And when he came into the organization, his big thing was the draft. He is a draft guru. He made all these draft picks for uh, Bill Belichick, right? And uh, he, I, I would get, I would give him maybe. One and a half draft classes that he's done real good. It's 2019 draft class when we got Jeffrey Simmons in the first round. 
You got AJ Brown in the second round. You got uh, Nate Davis. I think he was a third round pick. Who's our right guard? Amani Hooker, a starting safety. Right. That yep. was a real good uh, draft class. Right. The the draft class that we just talked about with with Derrick Henry. We got Derrick Henry and we got um, Bayer. Right in the same draft class. Yeah. Right. That is a good draft class. Um, so I mean, like I said, he he brought us from nothing from nothing up, right? Uh, Harold Landry, that that was a, he did draft him also. That was so that you say that he's like a hit or miss guy, like it's boom or boomer bust probably is the better. Yeah, I mean, but I, he's had lots and lots of misses, bro. Like tw- Isaiah Wilson. Oh, exactly. First round pick, offensive tackle. In the 2020 draft, who I think played three special team plays, Damn. and then we had to cut him because he had a lot of off the field issues. He oh, did. Oh, that's fine. I remember him. Yeah, he was. Um, again, he didn't re-sign AJ Brown. Right. So, um, real quick, this is this is my big question of that of that day, and and particularly how things have turned out right right away. If AJ Brown doesn't go nuts in this game, right? Does he still get fired? Or at least gets fired this week? Because I felt like it was like, you know, AJ Brown showed him like you fucked up. Right. I think I think it was a combination of AJ Brown doing that and then the post game interview where he got he got a little bit emotional. And it's like, yeah, like you know, I, I had this game circled. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I wanted to stay on this team. Like this was my team. I was ready to be a Titan for my life. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that. AJ yeah, Brown. yeah. He, and, he was get, yeah, no, he was getting emotional about it. He was like, I felt, you know, I yeah. felt betrayed, and I felt, you know, yeah. and so yeah, yeah, it hurt me, and I, I wanted to do this to this team, right, to show them. And now, now this is check the box. Now I can move on. Now I'm an eagle, and all the stuff. And so that with her not really knowing. Uh, you know, was going that about the trade, her not really being in the know of the yeah, trade. Yeah. Um, yeah, and clearly he thought about this enough to not let particularly Vrabel know, like you mentioned already earlier, right? Because we knew Vrabel's reaction was like in the moment reactionary thing, and it took a lot for him to like hold in his anger in that moment, right? Like, yeah. And, that, and that's got to be really tough, particularly as the coach, to be like, you know, not only did you trade this guy, but I'm, I think Vrabel even came out and had said, like, as long as I'm the coach of this team. Right. We'll Literally play. like a week before yeah. being traded. Right. And he just, I mean, he made a lot of decisions that, that needed to, you know, be addressed as, as a general manager. I, I always thought that he was like, Never on the hot seat because of how good Vrabel was coaching, right? I mean, last year, yeah. we were number one. Uh, it was in your hopes as well that he's hiding behind Vrabel. Right, yeah, he's hiding <laughs> behind. Like, I'm, and give him credit, he hired Vrabel, right? So that's another thing, right? Yeah, there you go, there you go. That yeah. might have been probably his biggest. Move. Yeah, and so, but like, Primo, you were there. You've seen it up close and personal on two games already. This roster that we have right now. Overachieved. It, by far, far overachieving. It's Incredible horrible. Coach. We don't. We have a horrible offensive line. 
a horrendous yeah. offensive line. Right? Yeah, it shows by the way Tannehill goes down, man. Yeah. There's so many third downs that ended in sacks in yeah. this game. Daily, let me tell you also, like daily at left tackle, he's the backup left tackle, right? And he Taylor Wan got hurt, um, who also has a major contract, right? That we're paying a lot of money. And he just can't get on the field, right? So that yeah. that goes against uh, John Robinson also. But then you have Daly, and Daly showed, and I think it was three games before before the bye week that he was horrendous, right? And so go, going into the bye week, I'm like, okay, we have to make a trade for an offensive tackle, or go out there and get like there are some free agents available at, at tackle. That is still that are better than this dude. And when we came out of the bye with Daly still at left tackle, I'm like, what is what is he doing? Right? Let me just give you a run. Uh the uh, Miami Dolphins, right? Who are on a trajectory of, yeah. of going up, right? They lost their left tackle. They lost yeah. their tackle. And what did they do this past week? They signed who I thought. You know me, I'm always looking like who's available, who's available, who can we sign? I thought we would go after Eric Fisher, former first rounder from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He's made a couple of Pro Bowls. He is a little older. He's a good fill-in for one year. The Miami Dolphins lose the tackle, automatically go get Eric Fisher. Right? We're going to go win this year. Injury or not. That is, we're just, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. He's I'm, I'm with because I think one of the things that we have to look at on a consistent basis that any team has to look at with regards to their best player is that how much time and how many years are we wasting of Derrick Henry by not putting a team together that can like you have the best back in the league, right? right. And if even if you want to argue that you have one of the top three best backs in the league, right? If right. Go that far. How do you not? And we also know this the the shelf life of running backs, right? This guy's not gonna last forever, even though he looks like he could, just physically. Yeah. You you got to get the right pieces, particularly if we're talking about linemen, to like set this guy up for success. To at least then be at least a dominant running team if we can't do anything else, right? I I think the thing that so one I did take my Titans AJ Brown jersey to go burn <laughs> and then when I got there <laughs> not only for fear of getting trampled by a Philadelphia Eagle fan but I just couldn't bring that type of negative energy because AJ Brown didn't do nothing wrong yeah right? no, he did it he did it and then in that moment of like I was like I can't do this I was like how the fuck could that GM do that and that's all I started <laughs> exactly. and then the game went on and he scored those three touchdowns it was like <sighs> Yeah, this was a terrible choice. Yeah, and not a, it's not even that we didn't resign him, but we got nothing for him. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you got a yeah, third round you know, pick, and we moved uh, up five spots in the first round. Yeah, to then just get Traylon Burton. Who? Let me say that brother deserves credit. That catch that he made for yeah. a touchdown, incredible. Where I was like, oh. F you AJ Brown, but that's also I was that's also because I was in Philly. I was in that Philly energy, right? I was like, "Fuck you, AJ Brown. Look at this kid." And then he did. Uh, <laughs> and then I really bad for him. 
I was like, damn, this poor kid, you know, like he's out there making these incredible catches out of desperation because we don't have the right team. Right. And now he's probably he's done a- for at least a weeks i mean the, how that wasn't considered targeting and that guy didn't get kicked out of the game is yeah. beyond me the, it, there's another game this uh during the same time frame that somebody did get targeting and it wasn't uh-huh. half as bad as that as that tackle was i mean he was he was out before he hit the ground like i don't you know how so? he, yeah I didn't, yeah. I, get it. I didn't get to see like the close-up replay. I thought what it was was uh, him hitting the back of his head on like, impact. No, he right got on. hit like speared right on the chin. Yeah, I didn't know it was on the chin. I thought he got hit like under, like in the chest. No, it was definitely it was on the chin, and like I think he was out before he hit the ground. Yeah, and so, but yeah, I mean, and I like Traylon Burks in the draft too. I thought we would, we were we were scheduled to get him where we were at already. Right on the jackpot. Yes. We didn't need to go up that many. AJ yeah. Can you imagine we would have had AJ Brown, Traylon Burks, and then Robert Woods as our third receiver? Yeah. Right. Although, Ooh. Uh-huh. I'll say one thing that we did, I feel like we did get right in this draft with uh, the tight end, Checo Congo, who had a big, Ooh. another big play. Right, he's he's gonna be that dude. Like he's two yeah. more years, I think he's gonna be a top tight end in the league. I agree. I think he's what we kind of expected out of John Smith. Yeah, but this got he got something else. I mean, he looks like he's just got more like fire or heart, whatever you want to call it. Like it's just more there. Um, but it, so I do want to say because I know that it was a huge week, ups and downs, but particularly. The, the GM, John Robinson, getting fired is huge for Titans. But I do want to, I guess, ask, like, on the other end, are the Eagles that good? Like, going into football this week, are, like, they're, what now, 11-1, and one, right? Yeah. yeah. Are they, without a doubt, like, way ahead of everybody else in the NFL, do you think? I, th- I don't know if they're way ahead. Uh, I think they're way ahead in in the NFC, right? I think there's yeah. there it is the Eagles, it's the Cowboys, and then it's everybody else in the yeah. NFC, right? So it comes down to those two teams in the NFC. I wouldn't say they're way ahead of uh, a Kansas City. I wouldn't say they're way oh. ahead of a, of a healthy Buffalo team, right? Um, but if if the Eagles can stay healthy uh specifically their defensive line is hurt real bad right now right um yeah and so um if if they could get that defensive line healthy it's not gonna surprise me if they they're super bowl champion this year yeah and you know what man i (laughs) i can see like in a in that Super Bowl, like an AJ Brown becoming the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's, this year is just meant to hurt us and hurt us more and hurt us yeah. bad. You know, that's what he's this a is. bad bad he, man. He's a I, bad I, dude, man. Yeah, just, I can't. But I just want to say the the touchdown he had where he Randy Moss the guy in the end zone. Um, yeah. Well, there's two. The one where he trucked Christian Fulton, right? Yeah. He just trucked him, and he literally 
there was a, a a stat that said that this he was this is the most wide open a wide receiver has been on a touchdown play in three years. Right, that is uh, <laughs> the most wide open a wide receiver has been in uh, for the last three years. And then uh, that's against Christian Fulton, our number one cornerback. Okay, yeah. who he who he entered on that play because he just ran through. Okay. And then yeah. the other touchdown he had over Avery. Okay. Avery, who is an undrafted free agent, yeah, that, who we got right. off another practice squad, right? That just showed you like the depth of this team. Of that that touchdown right there made me just I was like, this is this is this is John Robinson. Like, why do we have Avery one on one against AJ yeah. Brown? Yes. Because we don't have another choice. We don't have we don't have any other guys. Yeah, yeah. All right, this we roster. Yeah, this roster is horrible. John Robinson, good dude, good family. I hope all good. Well, I hope you go get a job somewhere else. Right, but you. I am so glad you're gone. Like, it is time for us to move on. Start the uh, hashtag Lewis Riddick for GM. Okay. I'm ready for Lewis Riddick to take over. We need a little bit of color up in our uh, yeah. <laughs> up in our front office at Tennessee. Uh, but going back to your question about the Eagles, yeah, they're that good. Um, they looked really good against us. Um, they they were more physical. They can, you know, they've got more talent on the outside. You know, I mean, Devontae Smith. Was killing us, right? Yeah, and I think that's where they went away from like the double team on AJ because they were like, "Oh, this guy's just gonna score." All he got the first touchdown, the right? Smith. And then they were like, "All right, well, we gotta respect him." And it was like, "Please don't respect him because no. we're about to get highly disrespected <laughs> right now." It was, it was not a good. Thing. It wasn't, man. And then just, I mean, we couldn't do anything on offense. The offensive line just like. Nothing like daily at left tackle is literally, according to Pro Football Focus, okay, the 58th best offensive tackle in the league. 58. Okay, which means there's plenty of backups out there that are yeah. rated <laughs> better than Thank this. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, so. So that we don't go into more painful talk, because I feel like that's when we have our longest Titans talk is when we, we're in pain. But <laughs> go, going into this past week really quick, and we were talking about like you know, you, you said like uh, you feel like the Eagles are far and away, at least in the conference, better right than everybody else. But I thought one thing that was really like kind of the big story to me of the week was that the Bengals beat the Chiefs. And that now puts the Bills at number one again right. in the AFC. And so in the AFC, you just mentioned, right, like you like a Bills Chiefs team that are at the top. Are the Bengals, like, do we have to consider them like a serious threat? Or is this just like them trying to figure it out? No, I think I think we do have to consider them a, a threat. Let's not forget uh, they were in the Super Bowl last year, right? Yeah. They, uh, um also, but so were the Rams, and look where the Rams. Yeah, are. that's true. That's horrible. That, <laughs> that was my Super Bowl pick too. This. I feel like that's the one thing about the NFL. Like you have no clue. You what just don't know. 
you just don't know, right? But uh, yeah, I think the Bengals, you have to consider uh, a real threat now. Uh, they are also getting healthy. Jamar Chase came back in this game. Um, and we, we talked about last year, definitely their downfall was their offensive line, right? And they added a whole bunch of pieces. And I guess I, I underestimated and, and just completely thought, uh, forgot about just how long it takes for an offensive line to figure it out, right? You got to get all those yeah. pieces and, and, and they have to, you know, get used to working with each other, knowing when to slip, when this guy slipping yep. off a buck, when he's not slipping off a buck. It takes time for them to gel. And I think they finally gelled, right? I think they're finally getting that together. And they're, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow is that dude. Um, we yeah, need to start is. talking about yeah. him when we talk about the top tier quarterbacks in this league. Joe Burrow is right there. I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Allen, and I think, you know, maybe the third one, we should should be talking Joe Burrow um, as a top tier quarterback. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I saw a thing today that someone said, that, I don't know if this is an analyst or this is like a random like blog or whatever, but that Joe Burrow at the end of it all will have more rings than Patrick Mahomes. I was like, mm, I don't know, but that's, I'm not going to get into that debate. But just the idea that someone and that we are considering like Burrow on that level of those top tier quarterbacks, right? Like well, one thing definitely. Like, one, th- one thing I like about Burrow, like he doesn't, he he's not scared, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he. He's that dude. Yeah, he like is that dude. He's not. He's scared. the guy in a little. Like, yeah, we're, we we have a chance to. Win. Yeah, like he he believes he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, right. No doubt. There's no. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt in my he's better than Patrick Mahomes. There's no doubt. Like he he's ready to. Another thing that I, I took from this weekend was uh, mm-hmm. the 49ers. 49ers yeah. uh, were Huge on that trajectory. Win. They're on that trajectory to. Uh, to be, you know, maybe the third team to be talked about in the NFC. We just talked about uh, Philadelphia and and Dallas being the top tier and then everybody else. Going into yeah. this weekend, I thought the 49ers were going to be up there. Uh, but they do lose Garoppolo uh, for mm-hmm. the season. Like, that, there's reports that he may be able to, to come back in the playoffs. Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. Mr. Irrelevant himself comes in, yeah. starts slinging it around. Um, that team right he, there. Yeah, I looked at him because I so I picked him up in my fantasy because I had Garoppolo as my backup. Yeah, yes, he did. And then I was like, oh shit! And I picked up Purdy. I just was interested in what he did. Yet I think he had two two hundred and ten yards of touchdown and interception. Right, right. Which. To come in and relief in that way because he's really the third dude. Yeah, exactly. Right, because Trey Lance is supposed to be the guy. The fact that he was did that on you know like kind of emergency spot of duty, like I thought that was pretty impressive. At the same time, it also reminds you that like yo, know, how many weapons do the San Francisco 49ers have? Right, yeah. like they got a team they've built got, to win. Yeah. yeah, they've got a team that they could win. You know, with a Brock Purdy, right? I don't think anybody they can yeah. they can yeah. win a Super Bowl. Like, Fred Dilfer can win one. Brock Purdy can right, win one. right. And they've got like again McCaffrey, Debo, Kid on offense. That defense is yeah. healthy now, and that Ayuk. defense, yeah, Brandon Ayuk. 
That defense is healthy. That defense is absolutely a Super Bowl winning type of defense. Yep. Right. Um, and for yep. them to go against Miami, who was on that trajectory, also we're talking about like their that team was on fire. That team has all the weapons. That team has um they kind of normalized uh Tua a little bit and brought him back down to earth. Um you know, he he missed a lot of open he missed a lot of open throws. He threw he, he looked like Tua of last year. Right. For for most like he had some games where, where Tyreek Hill was just wide open and you couldn't miss. Like I, I could probably get it to Tyreek Hill. Right. But yeah. he he look he definitely looked like the tool of last year in this game. So yeah, that between between uh I mean, to me, the top teams that came out of this week were the Philadelphia Eagles and that thrashing they put on our Tennessee Titans. The Dallas Cowboys. And, and that thrashing fourth quarter. That defense, man. <laughs> There's no, I, at least right now to me, nobody comes close to that Dallas defense. Well, my, like, yeah, no, well Micah Parsons to no, me is defensive player of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? And because I don't want to go into talking about the Cowboys, right? Because I feel like we give them way too much credit and we're going to leave it as is. Mm-hmm. The team that, that you didn't bring up in the NFC that I think is really like needs to be talked about, but maybe they don't want to be because it's how they want to fly under the radar. The Minnesota Vikings. Right? The Minnesota Vikings are 10 and 2. Bruh, they are so disrespected. So yes. so disrespected. Do you realize that they play the Detroit Lions this this week? And they are the underdog? No, it's quick land. No, I am serious. They are the underdog against the Detroit Lions. The, Detroit playing good. They played good these last two games. Like they're, mm-hmm. but the, Las Vegas has, oh shit, has the Detroit Lions as the favorite to win. So, so disrespectful that's, to the Minnesota that's Vikings. Pretty, that's as low as you can go. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. I didn't know. Wow. I think. I think the thing with the Minnesota Vikings is, um, is the primo himself, Kurt Primos. <laughs> um, he plays good, like it, primetime games, and, and, and any game that he's like, everybody's concentrated on him. Any Monday night games, yeah. any Sunday night games, any game, any playoff games, like he just does not play well in those games, right? Yeah. So I think like you're gonna have to prove it to us, primos, um, when it comes yeah. to that time. Yeah, do you think that that really is like uh, could be it for for a Kirk Cousins that it's like? He's just not like when the lights are brightest, right? Because there's certain guys that like are not that great, but when the lights are on, then they show up, right? They're just way better. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that that's his thing, or is it just happens to be bad luck, or is there too many pieces of evidence to be like? Yeah, I think there's too many pieces of evidence to say like (laughs) because he's like if you look at his numbers, bro, his numbers are Mm -hmm. up there among the elite quarterbacks, right? Like he's yards, touchdowns. Um, he's up there, but of like the longest, like current active quarterbacks, like the longest streak I think of having like one passing touchdown in a game, like right. consecutive. Yeah, yeah, and so, but yeah, but when again, I think he just cracks on the pressure. I think this year though, he does look a little bit more confident, right? He does. He's got a little bit more swag. I think his his teammates are helping him out with that. He's got a grill. He's out on the plane yeah. with with the gold chains. Like he's having a little bit more fun. 
than yeah. I've ever seen him. So maybe that'll help him shake it off. But he, again, he's going to have to prove it to us in order to yeah. see it. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I look for it. I mean, the playoffs should be legit, man. Like I, I, this is going to be oh, like yeah. one of the oh. best playoffs uh, yep. that we've seen in a long time. I feel like we've been very lucky that that seems to have been the trend over the last kind of like three to four years. It's just like insane games throughout the playoff runs are just like amazing. Um, going so all right after last week, you are now talk about been, it, Primo. Talk about it. You're officially two games ahead. You're twelve and eight. When I the, went undefeated this week. week, you were yes, you were undefeated this week. You went three and zero. Oh. Uh, this probably will never happen again. So I'm gonna call off the, the games that you called. You called Minnesota over the Jets. Bam. You called, which was I thought the trickiest one. You called Detroit over Jacksonville. Bam. You called the uh, the the Las Vegas Raiders over the Los Angeles Chargers. Which that's you know that could have kind of gone either way. Which by the way, without going into too much, those two guys seem like they figured it out and are connected. Which right. is Derek. Carr. And Devontae Adams. Yeah, they're coming back up. Yeah. Yeah. But now this week, you're 12 and 8 for the season so far. Woo. I dropped to 10 and 9. Uh, one of those games, the reason that, that we're not even now, we were talking about this before the show, that, you know, I picked the, the, the Washington Commanders over the Giants this week. They ended up in a tie. What the hell does that mean for when we're talking about picks? Yeah. yeah we, we, we both agreed it definitely can't be a win. And then we decided that like it also can't really be a loss, so we just called it and, and it's gone. Kind of like if you were to bet, you just yeah. right. It's, it's, it's a push. It. It's a push. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna give you your first one. Right. First game of the week for this week, week 14 of the NFL season. That shit pains me to say because that means there's so little football no, left. No, it. But uh. First game up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the hero Tom Brady from this last week on Monday Night Football coming back to beat New Orleans against this this team that you just called out, the San Francisco 49ers, all these pieces, although now they have Brock Purdy. Also, let me just drop this little piece of information that in case we forget, Tom Brady is from the San Francisco area. Mm-hmm. And this might be Tom Brady's last run, right? Like every year we have to treat it as if it's his last run. I don't know how much that element plays a part, but it usually does when a guy's in his hometown. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers at San Francisco 49ers this week. Who do you got? All right, Primo, this is a good game in the fact that I look forward to watching it because I need Tampa to lose. I need Tampa to lose because one of my predictions at the beginning of the year was that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were not going to make the playoff. And if it wasn't for the sorry-ass NFC South, would no, nobody, like, that would ring true, right? But as of right now, I, the Tampa 6-6 six and six Tampa Bay Buccaneers are sitting on top of the NFC South by, like, two <laughs> games at 6-6. Six and six. Right, um, Tampa's not good, bro. They're not good. They had yeah. that uh, game. They had two drives. They had two drives the whole game, and they're not gonna be able to do it. against San Francisco. We just talked about that defense. Like I'm worried for Tom Brady. Like I'm worried for Tom Brady. He may not make it out alive. Okay, 
Uh, okay. That defense coming out. I think San Francisco wins this. I think San Francisco wins it big, even with a Brock Purdy coming in. And now the people got, you know, some tape on them. They know what to be expecting. I, there's no way, no way Tampa comes out of this with a win. San Francisco with a win, and it's a big win. It's not even close. The first game I'm going to give you, Primo, I just talked about it. How disrespectful the NFL <laughs> Las Vegas, all the betters are being to the Minnesota Vikings who are going to Detroit as underdogs, Primo. As underdogs, who are you picking? Yeah, you know, this Justin Jefferson is consistently making a case to be the best receiver in football, right? And as much as we make fun of like Kirk Cousins in all the different ways, right? Kirk Primos. Kirk Primos. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think this Minnesota team has so many weapons because, I mean, just a few years ago, we were talking about Thielen possibly being the top receiver in the league because of just how many catches he was getting every year. Now, Justin Jefferson is just like this phenom and he probably doesn't have as good of a quarterback if we're comparing the other guys right like if we're talking about the top receivers in the league i would guess that we would say that all of their quarterbacks would be ranked above kirk cousins they're also playing the detroit lions how dare las vegas actually now that you just said that i'm about to go on my draft i told you that i'm sorry to get this stuff in draft. <laughs> but i'm drafting the fed on Yo, the do it now do it now because that line has to change it has to but change. it's got to be minnesota man minnesota's got to take it. also let me say this if minnesota does not take the game i probably am going to be too far behind to catch you in our picks <laughs> but also how dare they and it will be the end of ever believing in Kirk Cousins that they lose in Minnesota. I mean, to lose in Detroit. So I'm going Minnesota this week. Maybe I just jinxed them, but Minnesota Vikings. All right. Um, game two for you uh, is a, a AFC North matchup. The Baltimore Ravens, right? And now backup quarterback Huntley taking over because of the uh, knee sprain, ligament sprain. Um, they they just happened to uh, Lamar Jackson this past week. That Baltimore team, who's kind of been inconsistent and has taken some tough losses recently, is going to be at Pittsburgh. And you have Kenny Pickett now. It's pretty clear, like Kenny Pickett's just going to have to figure out how to be the starter there. Who do you have in this essentially matchup of kind of like backup quarterbacks who are going to have to carry the load? Yeah, um, it's weird, man. Like, I'm starting to feel bad for Lamar Jackson. He bet on himself going into the yeah. season. It is not looking good for him, right? He is not. This ain't the season that you wanted to bet on yourself, right? Gotta go get him. You gotta go get him. We gotta go get him, Tennessee. With, good. with a sprained ligament, he still. Well, not. Let me not disrespect Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, but Lamar Jackson, like, I'm I'm good taking letting go of Tannehill and getting Lamar Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That being said, like Baltimore, um, I don't know, man. I I I I haven't been high on Baltimore this season. Right, they have not. I don't know. They were ahead of AFC North. I think Cincinnati now is going to take that over after this week. Right. I'm going to pick Pittsburgh is, is getting hot right now. 
Um, they they've won. I think uh, this last two games, um, Pickett and is looking a little bit better. I don't know if quite if, if I'm a believer that, yeah. that he's there too, but he he is trying to starting to figure it out. Baltimore just not putting it together. It is that Pittsburgh. Um, I love a Mike Tomlin team in December. Um, they just gritty and, and TJ Watt, like he he is that dude. So um, I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh over Baltimore in an upset of some sort in this game. Very nice. Okay. All right, but even we talked uh, the the. 11 and 1 Philadelphia Eagles. They're probably the top team in football. They go against the New York Giants, who just came off a tie with the uh, Washington Commanders. Um, who do you got? So, after, you know, one, one thing I forgot to mention about my adventure in Philly and Lee and Financial Field and all those fans is at one point after the game, like, I just had to, I had to go use the bathroom. Right. Like, and I'm like, damn, I don't want to stay longer around these people as they're celebrating this victory. But I got to use the bathroom. I got to make it. So I'm going to use the, the bathroom. And as I'm in there, a guy and we, we know this as guys like you have all these urinals, but you can still turn back and like say something to people. Right. right. And one guy turns back and sees me <laughs> and, and I, I couldn't even be mad at him. He goes. Oh, we haven't beaten nobody good yet, huh? We haven't beaten <laughs> nobody good yet, huh? And I'm like, damn, bro. And he was, you know, yeah. that's a legitimate gripe because there are a lot of pieces that you can bring up against the Eagles that they have not had a tough schedule. Right. And I think in this point of the season, the fact that it's late in the year, they're on this run, they're, they're 10 and 1 going into that game, and you have, like, obviously Derrick Henry, who you should be afraid of no matter who you are. The fact that they shut us down in that way, and it was just such a dominant win. Was, yeah, I, I don't know how anybody right now, unless you are one of those top AFC teams that we just mentioned, uh, Buffalo and um, and Kansas City. I don't know how you bet against the Eagles, particularly. I mean, Giants fans should be shook right now, but Eagles um, definitely all the way for this week. Your last game of the week, we got. The Miami Dolphins coming off that big, big loss to San Francisco in L.A. to play the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know if this game is as close as what it should have been or what we would have thought it would have been if we were talking going into week one. What do you think about this matchup between Miami and the L.A. Chargers? Is this a close one or is it just like it's not even close? So shout out to the NFL. This is the first game this year that they flexed, right? This game was originally slated for, I believe, a two o'clock game two weeks ago. They said, nope, this deserves to be a primetime game. We're going to switch this over. Uh, the public does not need to see uh, any more Denver Broncos games. Um, so we need a flex and put Miami in, in the Sunday night game. This is a battle of who is the best quarterback in that draft class, right? Came in, it was supposed to be two over Herbert. Herbert came out slinging the ball. Even coming into the season, we were all, both of us were Herbert, Herbert, yeah. Herbert. Um, it's Tua, you know, it's Tua that dude. We were clowning Tua at the beginning of this year. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I'm very much looking forward to this game. I'm very much uh, looking forward to these offensives. Uh, hopefully, they can put it together. Hopefully, Herbert can sling it around the field. Like, I I, I want him to. I want him to be that dude. 
Uh, if they can get rid of this coaching staff, get this dude a new coach, please, please get Herbert a new coach so we don't waste this, this, these years of Herbert. That being said, Miami's offense, I think last, last week, um, just going into a bus off San Francisco, right? And we talked about that defense. Um, I don't think they're going to do that two years in a row. I really like McDaniel as their head coach running that offense, uh, with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Of so many weapons. I think Miami wins this. I think it's going to be close. I do think it's going to be a, sh- a shootout. But I think Miami is the better team. And they, they sneak by and win this game. The last game I got for you, Primo. Is uh, honestly like who would have thought this game would be a battle for the AFC East. Coming into it. But it is a battle for the AFCU. We both thought Buffalo would be there, but no way did we think the New York Jets, the Mike White led New York Jets, who I kind of like, I wanted to see. He didn't really disappoint me this, this past week. They did not win the game, but, uh, you know, he, he didn't play bad, right? Yeah. Mike White, he, he was, de- he's def- definitely their best quarterback on that roster. I'll definitely play him the rest of the season over Zach Wilson if you want to make the playoffs. If the playoffs are to end the day, the Jets would be in the playoffs. Um, so Bills versus Jets, Primo, who do you got? I, I mean, we just finished talking about which teams are dominant. Obviously, Buffalo's in there. I will say that, like, living in New York City, watching the Jets, and particularly watching the Jets over the years and all the friends that I got that are Jets fans, the Jets are playing at such an incredible level for being the Jets. And I, I'll say who my favorite Jet is and, and was kind of already going into the year. I was like, I hope that he is who I think he is. And he is more than what I thought, which is Sauce Gardner. Absolutely. That, so, yeah, dude. Yeah, he is official, man. Like, he is such a, like, great talent. Watching him on the field, too, he's just, like, such a big dude. Like, he looks like you would think he's the wide receiver. Yeah, and it's like I don't know how receivers catch balls against him. Well, I guess we we know that they don't, right? Like this dude dominant as a corner. yo, and I appreciate the fact that even after the game, even after losing the game, like he is still talking mess to Jefferson. Yeah, like, he is still talking like you have I'm one sure. play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have one play no, on. He's so good, man, and and you know what? And that's actually like whoever he's up against every week is is like great to watch, and and the fact that he. This week is going to go against Stefan Diggs again. But I think that, uh, I think Josh Allen is going to clean up his act. They're in Buffalo this time as opposed to New York. And I expect Buffalo to like kind of put a thumping on them, like to, to take, to capitalize on anything like, let's say like a muff punt or, or like a, a bad punt by the Jets. Any mistakes that the Jets make, I expect Buffalo to capitalize on it and to be really sharp because I do think that as a team, particularly at that point in the season when they lost to the Jets, I think it was an embarrassment. It wasn't just like, oh, we messed up. It was like, yo, we are not supposed to be losing to the New York Jets. So I take the bills on this one um, to close out our – so closing out our, our picks of the week, you got San Francisco over Tampa, Pittsburgh over Baltimore, and Miami over the L.A. Chargers. I got the Vikings over the Lions, the Eagles over the Giants, and the Bills over the Jets. Um I want to stick in on football because there was a there's really big news. Oh, we're gonna get into the 
the college football playoff in those rankings and then you're gonna chop it up and, and spit that like constant college football knowledge that i definitely <laughs> do not have um but the big story of the week was primetime Deion sanders leaving jackson state to become the head coach at colorado what were your initial thoughts i'm not what you think now when you first heard it what were your thoughts about Deion leaving to go to colorado uh, when I first thought of it, I was like, oh, that, like, I wasn't surprised, but I was still, yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of messed up. Right. Uh-huh. It was kind of messed up. Um, and I still kind of feel that way. Like, I, 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 I'm in the middle of like, I see why, you know, it's a power five school. It's five million dollars. You know, he, he's always had this dream of being a, a top tier coach. At a top tier school, right? And so he's on, he's on his way there. Um, but he made a lot of promises. He, he made a lot of, uh, you know, he's going to save HBCU. He is the savior. God, I mean, literally he said God came to him and told him that he needed to come and, and save HBCU, right? That was his exact words. Um, and I, he didn't do that. Like he, he, if he was going to do that, he needed to stay there longer. Like he, he got, he got Jackson state on, on TV. They were talking about him weekly basis, but they were just talking about Dion and they weren't talking about HBCUs. Right. Very true. Yeah. So, um, I think it is kind of messed up the way he left the team like that. It, I, what I started like not liking about it is at the end of the game, his last game there, they just won the championship, the SWAC championship. They're on the field. People are celebrating whatever. And you see him on stage trying to rush the celebration, right? He's like, yeah, come on, yeah. come on, let's go. I got, got things to do, got things to do. And so he was already in his mind going to Colorado. He left right after that, get on a plane to go to Colorado. Um, the big battle he had with another coach earlier this year where it's talking about who's swack, you know, yeah, yeah. who's more swack than me. I mean, obviously you're not swack. So you use Jackson State as a stepping stool, which a lot of coaches do, right? They, a lot of coaches do. But they didn't come in with all that talk and all that, you know, I'm going to save HBCUs. You know, I, this is for all the black colleges and why not? You know, he had a bunch of, of, of kids coming out there, making that sacrifice, saying the same thing. Hey, let's go over there. Let's go do this for the, the HBCUs. And then he's leaving and now everybody else is leaving. And so HBCUs are back to where they're at. They're still underfunded. They're still, you know, he, he didn't do anything for HBCU football. Yeah, I I think I'm, I was along the lines of what you just mentioned with regards to like, you know, my initial reaction was like, oh, so this wasn't about like HBCUs. This was a, this was just like a career move, which I, I actually, you know, I'm not even mad at and I'm not even mad at like the, the talk and the hype behind him. One, because that's who he is and who it's, he's always been. Right. So it's, it's on brand with who he is, but also if he doesn't present himself in that same energy coming in, then they don't ever get the more funding or the whatever funding they got for at least the time he was there and also get the attention, the TV time and just like 
being on like an ESPN to like bring some sort of attention to HBCUs. I, I can understand how uh, how that coach snubs him and you know it completely kind of disrespects him at the end of the game. At the same time, you know, I I, I get a little bit worried about how that can look with regards to just like men of color doing that openly in public right but aside from that like we're talking football coaches and and hype and kind of like the energy that comes behind being a head coach in, in football and in college football but i think dion what was interesting to me too was just like in the now i, I thought it was an interesting program to shift to at Colorado like I wasn't sure if there's something specific that I missed as to why it would be Colorado or why that would be a job that he would want because I don't know if this is like is this the first offer from a school this big or does he have other offers and for whatever reason he still picked Colorado over other places that are available so he always talked about wanting to be a uh a power five you know uh a power five coach right um but he's also so make no mistake about it like he we talk about you know what black coaches got to do in order to uh get coaching jobs in in not only the nfl but in, in college right but he did skip line like he did skip a line he went from mm-hmm. Being yep. a high school coach to a, a college head coach, which is usually not heard of. Usually you got to be a coordinator yeah. and you got to be an assistant coach of some type. And so the reason that he went to Jackson State um, is because, and I, and I believe is it, because he didn't want to be nobody's assistant coach. Right. Yeah. He wanted to be the head coach. And so Jackson State was willing to make him a head coach. Right. Did you think at the beginning because of that did you think he would be successful yeah as a I, coach yeah i think i thought so at jackson state in that type of level i'm not i don't think he's going to be successful at colorado i think yeah i think those competitions is much harder yeah right? the competition like, is much harder um his he's bringing in his son and he's going to be the the starting quarterback in colorado his son is not he's good again at that competition yeah He's good in the swack, but now we're talking about yeah. the Pac-12, right? And so yeah. uh, I'm interested to see. I don't. It's not going to come as easy, and he's not going to have as much as success as he did right away at Jackson State, right? Like he's going to have to. And I'm interested to see, like when Dion goes into Colorado, and you know, it's not as successful. The first year round, the second yeah. year round, like how is he going to be reacting when he's, you know, yep. when, when the press is dogging him, when the press is all this, he's, he's, uh, uh, you know, he's, he can, he can recruit, um, you know, receivers, DBs, the little guys. I wonder how he can recruit big guys. Cause now you need some big guys, right? Now you need yeah. some offensive linemen. You need some defensive linemen. Um, can he recruit those guys and get those type of guys? Um, I think it was funny that the AD of Colorado was asked, you know, how did we uh, come come up with the money for this? And yeah. the AD literally said, uh, well, we don't have that money yet, but uh, I'm, 
<laughs> he like promised them Dion five million, and literally like, well, we don't quite have that much money yet, but uh, we're working on it, and so I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, they they will find the money. Yeah, yeah, you got After to. The fifth well, I don't know. I don't know what boosters in Colorado are like, but I would imagine that there's a good amount of them that want to pay someone like Deion Sanders to. Right. And so, anyway, so going back to why he would choose Colorado, again, I think it's just um, he, he kind of cut the line, too, because there's not one coach coming from the SWAC, coming from HBCUs, yeah. that get hired at a Power yep. 5 as a head coach, right? You're just not going to see that. You're just not. It's not going to happen. They're going to have to work themselves up uh, being a coordinator. And so Colorado offered him. Again, he doesn't want to be anybody's assistant coach, right? That's Dion. That's his mindset. He's nobody's assistant coach. He's the main dude. So as soon as uh, one team from the Power 5 says, hey, we'll make you our head coach. And, I mean, Colorado, just like, what uh, you're Colorado, right? Like, you might as well take that swing, right? Like, I don't. You might, yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, you yeah. get the only else, way you're going to make a splash, right? Is to hire Dion. And maybe now you can turn it around. Maybe now you can get some recruits going out there, which you will. Like, some people are going to go over there just to play for Dion. Like, I get that. But yep. I don't know. We're, we're definitely going to see, figure out how he can coach now. Like, definitely, you're going to go against USC. You're going to go against the Oregons. When you got to go against those teams, like, how, how are you going to. How are you going to outcoach other guys? I think it's going to be interesting more about who his staff is and how he manages like a much larger staff, I would imagine, at Colorado than he, he than what he had at Jackson State. Because I feel like those relationships are the things that kind of like put things into place and whether or not like coaches are on the same page and how they respond to like the offense side of the ball, the defense side of the ball, and things that they're doing. But I, you, you know, know, I'm rooting for him, and yeah. I also just. But know. another another dynamic though that I'm interested in seeing is this isn't an historically black college, right? Deion exactly. Sanders is Deion Sanders, right? And he is 100 proudly so, 100% black, right? And doesn't shade away from that at all. How are they going to handle all of that in Colorado? Right. How are they going to yeah. handle that in Boulder, Colorado, where the AD is white as can be, the, the vice president yep. is white as can be, the, the school that gets, we'll see how they can handle all of that Dion in that school. I'm looking forward to all, all of that. Yeah, that's very true. I would also, I'm, Dion strikes me as a guy of like, get rid of everyone i'm going to create a whole new staff from scratch right type of guy but maybe not and I'm well did you see did you see the speech that he gave the the uh the players of of colorado no he pretty not. he pretty much told them y'all should probably look into the transfer portal like he was like i'm bringing some players with me i'm bringing my luggage it's louis vuitton and uh you know if you don't think you can hang here there's a transfer reporter like he pretty much told them like y'all can just go to transfer reporter i don't need any of you guys that's why i took that <laughs> that uh he was like there's your quarterback right there like not even a competition for the quarterback you're like that's your quarterback my son he's going to be your starting quarterback there's not going to be a competition <laughs> so all the quarterbacks in this room you might as well leave you, you know which is very interesting 
because that's such a like white man move and he's white man and the white man yeah yeah i mean shout out <laughs> to dia right that's breaking barriers uh but let's move on to the college football playoffs. you said we want to talk about it uh the uh the the playoffs were set this past weekend you've got number one seed georgia going in against the number four seed ohio state and number two seed michigan going against the number three seed tcu uh, Ohio State uh, just lucked out getting into this playoff, Primo. Uh, they did not have a championship game because they got drugged by Michigan earlier the week before. Uh, luckily for them, USC uh, crapped the bed uh, once again against Utah. So, yeah. And, uh, and so Ohio State sneaks in there. TCU took an L in the championship game, the Big 12 championship game, against Kansas State. Um, and and uh, that they took their first loss in the in the Big 12 championship game, uh, and they they're still in there. Um, it's Georgia's to lose. Like it's like none of these teams. Yeah. The closest team possible is Michigan. They're undefeated, but like I don't think these games aren't going to be. Maybe the Michigan TCU game is, might be close for a little bit, um, but it's. Yeah. I don't, when we talk about looking forward to the NFL playoffs and see like is those gonna be good games, I don't see a good game on this on this schedule, right? Okay. I I got a question for you. Yes. Are you more leaning towards wanting to see something like a Georgia TCU because those aren't teams that usually are in there? Although Georgia's been you know been a top ranked team in the top right. four for a little bit now, or. Are you like me where I'm kind of like, I just want to see Michigan, Ohio State because of the history of college football. And I want to see a lot of people fight. <laughs> well, I definitely, I definitely don't want to see, I like, I hate Ohio State with a passion. Like I did. The, yeah. There's Oklahoma. What's that? Tell me quickly. Why? What, what is it? Because they, uh, they, they always get credit and they always are going to be up here. Right in, yeah. in the college football, and they never do anything with it. Right, they always okay. crap the bed. They always they just seem to get that Ohio State credit um, right away. The Big Ten is not that good, right? So of course, you know they're you know yeah, yeah. playing teams like you know Iowa and Purdue and like Nebraska, right? You just of course you're gonna look good, right? And <laughs> I like the, the way <laughs> and so when you when you finally you know play a team like Michigan who is good you know you craft a bet they don't deserve to be here right they don't they're not that good of a team um, interesting fact that I find it uh, crazy and it's just new college football is Ohio State's receiver uh, Jackson Smith Najiba I think his name is um, declared for the draft. And will not be playing in the playoffs because he's going to get ready for the NFL draft. We're used to seeing this from uh, players uh, that are like on just regular bowls. We, this is the first time ever, Primo, that it's happened to a team that's in the playoffs in the hunt for, uh, you know, in the hunt for a championship. This receiver decided, hey, I'm not going to risk getting hurt in any of these two games. I'm going to start getting ready for the NFL draft and make my money. It's a new, it's new, it's a new college football, and I, I like it. I like it personally. 
you do like it or you don't? I do. I do like it because I mean, okay. look, college football for hundreds of years now has taken advantage of these players. Oh, of course, yeah. For, I'm not mad at it. Right. And even, even today, players are getting paid now, right? Absolutely. They're getting paid now. They're making money. Uh, but the schools aren't giving them the money. The, the conferences are not giving them the money. Uh, these monies are coming from boosters. These monies are coming from, uh, you know, outside businesses. And so, yeah, I mean, players look out for yourself. I'm, I'm enjoying this transfer portal stuff where they're like, Hey, uh, I don't want to play here no more. I'm going to go transfer to another school. I'm enjoying these, these guys making money. I am enjoying this new, uh, this new college football. Um, I mean, I, I look forward to, I think 2024, the, uh, the playoffs go to a 12 team playoff, which a lot of people are hating on. Uh, I look forward to that. So I'm, yeah, college football, I'm, I'm getting more into it as, as this stuff is happening. Um, but just going back to this playoff, this, it's, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Like it's, it's Georgia and it's not even close. Like I, I think Georgia wins by like 30 against Ohio State. And then uh, they play. They'll probably play Michigan in the in the finals, and uh, Michigan will make it. You know, a good half, and then it'll be a blowout in the second half. <laughs> yeah, you're reminding me of. Uh, I got to reach out to a really good friend of mine, Hector Sanchez, who now is uh, lives down in the Atlanta area. But I asked him in October or, or late, actually in September. We we're catching up and I was asking about baseball and the Braves is when the Braves were, you know, finished winning out the division, the, the NL East and looked like they were going to possibly go on a run to try and repeat. I'm like, yo, so what's going on? You know, what is it about that? Like, and, and just sports talk. And he was like, oh, nah, like none matters out here. The Braves don't matter. The Hawks don't matter. He was like, definitely, you know, the Falcons don't matter. He was like, it's all about Georgia football. Yeah, absolutely. and I was like, "Oh!" And he was like, "Yeah, no." He's like, "It's football season. All it is, everything is Georgia football." And I was like, "Oh shit!" And now here we are, right? Number one team in the country, <laughs> looks like the favorite in the college football playoffs. Like, I'm sure that at some point soon, he's gonna be, he's gonna own like a bulldog of his own with a red sweater. Or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I mean, I think honestly, this is the the turn of events. I think uh, the fact that Alabama's not in here, um, yeah, it is is saying something that. Um, yeah. Right. The years that Clemson was over. Right. There. I think this is Georgia's time. Georgia's going to win a couple of these in a row. Um, they're going to dominate the SEC as Oklahoma and Texas come into it um, in the next two years. Um, it's still going to be Georgia. I think Alabama with with the NIL deals with money, like these teams are starting to separate. It's not just going to be Alabama this year. And for all of you out there that Alabama fans are like, we should have been in this. You should have been. A, no. No, Alabama was horrible this year. They had literally one good win this year, and it was against my Texas Longhorns. The only good win that they had against a top 25 team was against Texas, and they barely won that against our second string quarterback. Right. You're very true. Yeah. You, you just you, eat that out. Yeah, just eat that out. I, I loved I loved last week of Nick Saban begging and pleading. He was going on Fox. He was going on ESPN. He was going on anybody that would hear him to beg and plead to let them in the playoffs. I enjoyed every single moment of the look at this fool. Now he knows how everybody else feels, right? It is the playing field is even now. You cannot just dominate and take every five star in the country on your team. 
Uh, now everybody else has got these players. And so, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Georgia Bulldogs wins this without a shadow of a doubt. As we wrap up, Primo, it's time to move on. We, we've, we talked a lot of the show. Tennessee Titans GM talk kind of over, took, took the whole show over, but I do want to talk about, uh, the World Cup real quick. Um, uh, going into the quarterfinals, um, there's some games like it's been crazy. I, I like, I, I'm enjoying being a new fan of, of soccer. Yeah. And watching these this games. This is what I was hoping for when we were talking about this and when we first started the show, I was bringing it up. Yeah. I was hoping that you would get like World Cup fever. Yeah. Yeah. I've got it. I've got it going on. Like Brazil put a thumping on, on, on uh, uh, Korea and South Korea. Yeah. South Korea. They put a thumping on South Korea. I thought, man, that's the most dominant game I can see. And then the very next day, Portugal yep. does the same. Even even better right even they look even better against a team the swiss that were you know it, it was supposed to be a close game like swiss is, is not horrible right um so the, the fact that portugal did that they benched cristiano ronaldo yeah and 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 the dude that that took his spot scored three goals yeah ronaldo is good he may be done about soccer to know if that's like now like drama like now there's like a problem i think it is i think it has to be this dude the dude that that took over him is younger right he's 21 years old this was his first international game not even his first world cup game this is the first time he's played an international type of game and for him he just came out ready to go to have a hat trick like that in the world cup Shout out to that dude. I get. I don't even know his name, right? I like, but shout out to that dude. Um, <laughs> but now, yeah, we're we're in the quarterfinals. You got Brazil over Croatia. Yeah, oh, Brazil playing Croatia tomorrow morning. Uh, Argentina versus uh, the Netherlands, who took out uh, the U.S. Uh, Portugal, Morocco, Morocco makes it on on uh, on kicks. Takes out the colonizers of Spain. Right? Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that match. Watching the, the penalty kicks at the end. Um, Spain didn't even score a penalty kick, which it seems like almost impossible to do. <laughs> right? Like, oh, you're criticizing soccer. Team. I know, right? I like, I've got all my take, right? Like, I've, I've been taking my notes. And then France uh, versus England. Uh, Mbappe, I don't know if you've seen that dude is the best player in in soccer. This man that he flies. Yeah, that dude. That dude is incredible, and, and it's incredible to me. Like you can just see. Like I, I heard the name Mbappe. I, like first time I heard it, there's a there's a rap a rap song called Mbappe. Not a rap song. It's a reggaeton song called Mbappe. And I was like, what is this? Like who the fuck is Mbappe? <laughs> right. And then once we started watching World Cup, I was like, oh okay. But you can see that dude on the field. Like he just better than anybody else on that on that field yeah. right he's gonna do whatever he wants on that field so yeah i look forward to the world cup uh starting back up uh they took today off i was i was upset i was like oh man i went to my tv i'm like, turning on some soccer and i'm like there's no soccer today what and like you mentioned it's the quarterfinal so i feel like i'm like oh shit i gotta watch every game from here on out now Right. I, I do have to say one of the things I didn't realize how many students I got that are actual soccer fans like that. And today 
um i had like a a group of like two or three kids uh, they like they're in the lunchroom and i'm seeing them i'm like what are you doing right it's like unusual and they're like going up to people and then like leaving right away going to another person what the hell? and they finally get to me and the question they're like ronaldo or messi they're like they're dead serious <laughs> like yo you better answer right and uh and i go and i was like messy and they were like yeah and then, I go, and, and then another student comes over and like she's arguing with them and then she comes to me and she goes chris ronaldo or messy and i was like oh i already told them messy and she was like no and then she's like come on and she wrangled these two guys and they go around the cafeteria asking every person you can tell those people that know what's going on but i loved it i love the way that sports can turn into uh full-on surveys in a lunchroom um but I, I gotta rock with Messi and Argentina from here on out, just as the or the sleeper that I w- I would root for, and I would be all right with them getting is Morocco. Yeah, yeah, I like Morocco. They they're definitely they're I believe um, that they're the only team here in the quarterfinals that wasn't expected to be here in the quarterfinals. I think all these other teams here yeah. were expected to be here. No, no real big surprise here. Maybe Croatia. But uh, um, definitely Morocco was is not supposed to be here. Um, so shout out to them. Um, but they're going to take on that Portugal team that we just talked about yeah. that just dominated. You know, um, and then I'm interested to see what Portugal does. They continue benching Ronaldo. Uh, so that, yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. I, I look forward. To, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm looking forward to these soccer games. Yeah, right. exactly. Me too. And uh, I think that I, I'm gonna start looking up like leagues. And now, like I think I'm, I, I think I'm, I think I'm in soccer. I need to find a team. Uh, you know, I need. I don't know. I don't know. Whoever Mbappe plays for, I may just root for that. I may be top dogging it and just <laughs> join the I'm bandwagon. In it right now, on this podcast, what are we? December seventh, twenty twenty-two. At some point. 2026. We're gonna have to meet up somewhere and go to one of these cup games live. Yes, I'm down for that. That's a, that's a bucket list thing. I don't have a lot of things on my bucket list, but going to a World Cup game is definitely on my bucket list. Absolutely, absolutely. That's you know what? I think we need to do an episode of sport bucket list that we need to yes. accomplish before we kill over and meet our <laughs> maker. <laughs> Well, that wraps up this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Y'all make sure to like, comment, or review today's episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's Poodle Pincha Primos. You can find us on all major podcast platforms or Google Poodle Pincha Primos for our website on Captivate FM. We are the Poodle Pincha Primos. Peace. Peace.